Chapter 17 of the Red Cross Girls of the Italian Army. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Sonia was waiting in the drawing room at the villa for her guest. This was the hour when she and Carlo worked together at the piano, accomplishing wonderful results. Sonia insisted that she should not longer be sufficiently well-educated in music to teach him, but this, of course, Carlo insisted, was ridiculous. He was not in reality skilled in technique. Only his feeling for music was so strong that the music came as if he were only a medium through which it passed into outer harmony. But this morning he was not on time and Sonia wandered about the room a little impatiently. Carlo's own apartment was only a short distance down the hall, but she would not send for him, as something in importance must be delaying him. However, in another five minutes Carlo appeared. He was able to walk, and except for that he was thin and white, no longer behaved as an invalid. However, this morning, when she caught sight of his face, Sonia was startled. What is it, Carlo? What has occurred? She remained immediately. You look a great deal worse than you did an hour ago at breakfast. Nothing has happened. No one has been here to disturb you. I must send into Florence for the doctor. Sonia was more than usually excited, but then she had grown fond of her visitor. Carlo caught hold both of her hands. Nothing has happened. And nothing is the matter, dear lady, at least nothing that should disturb you. But just now, in my room, all alone, I tried very softly to sing. Carlo only rare, rarely hesitated with his words in speaking. Now, at first, the sound was very thick, very harsh. Then a few notes came out. Oh, they were nothing anyone else could endure. But to me, suddenly, the Italian boy's eyes filled with tears, and Sonia's did also. It cannot mean anything, of course, dear lady, but some day, perhaps just to myself or to you, I may be able to sing a little. You may be able to do a great deal more, Carlo, but please let us not talk about it now. Neither you nor I can quite bear it. Sit down for a moment, won't you? I am going to ask Nanina to bring us both some coffee before you begin to work. I need it. Carlo, after your news, even if you do not. do not. And Sonia went away, giving Carlo time to recover himself, for she stood the boy's temperament, knew how emotional he was, how quick to change from to depression. But this was a part of his artistic heritage. Then... She returned, he was sitting at the piano, letting his long fingers wander idly over the keys, not trying to sing, of course, but playing the Neapolitan boat song, which was one of the songs he had cared most to sing before his disaster. Then after the coffee, for an hour, he and Sonia worked at the piano together, at the end of that time, they both were surprised to hear the noise of footsteps outside of the piazza. They had heard no one approach. Sonia went over to the window. It was two strange men. Carlo, stay here with me, won't you, until we find out what they wish. 
Instinctively, Sonia must have felt that the men had come upon some errand not agreeable. Soon after, Nina opened the front door and brought them to the drawing room and then promptly disappeared. However, as they were Italians, their manners were probably polite. We desire to see you upon the disagreeable business, Signora. One of them began. He spoke carefully English with his companion, apparently knew only a limited number of English words. Very well, Sonia returned. She was puzzled, but not frightened. Evidently, a difficulty of some kind had arisen in which she was concerned. Someone whom she knew must be involved, for Sonia believed that she had been leading too quiet a life to be in touch otherwise with any matter of importance. Therefore, her sheaf insisted at present was to find out the real reason for the men's errand as quickly as possible. It was not necessary for the newcomers to explain to Sonia that they were Italian officials in the dress of civilians. She had recognised this as soon as they returned to the drawing room. Her experiences in Russia had given her a peculiar knowledge of which most men and women do not have. Carlo, for instance, at the beginning of Sonia's conversation with the two Italians, was entirely in dark. They appeared to him as ordinary men upon some ordinary around. It was even impossible that they might be salesmen who has had entered the house under a pretense of mystery in order to introduce themselves more successfully and later on their wares. However, the first statement and the way in which Sonia responded stirred Carlo to a sense of something unusual. That immediately something was aroused to him, which he had never felt before in his life, a protective instinct for Sonia might regard herself as Carlo's mother, but he did not think of her in that in this light. Go on it, please explain just why you have come to speak to me and exactly what you are on means. Sonia went on with an extraordinary self possession which surprised her small audience. You see, I understand you have come upon official business in a time like this. I cannot presume it was some connection with the war yet as i am a stranger in italy and have been living so quietly out here i cannot imagine how i can have any connection with the circumstances which would interest you if sonia spoke with perfect self-composure she really felt more uneased than she confused but not to herself in truth she had not the faintest idea that she could have be involved in any difficulty save as an outsider nevertheless she was uneasy endeavouring to guess what possible human being whom she knew in italy could have become involved in trouble which had any connection with her we will do as you ask signora and not waste time since our charge is serious the italian answered continuing to speak courteously it was come to our knowledge the information obtained that your home has been given to an individual living in present in Florence 
who is under suspicion of being here in the service of the German government. The fact is the man has been arrested and most conclusive proof found without his knowledge. He has been quietly watched for some time among his letters and papers written in a childish unformed hand was knowledge secured through conversation held at your house. There is no doubt of this, for no effort was made to disguise the fact. However, there is doubt, Signora, that his information came from you. But since this is your home, and there is some talk about the circumstances of your past life having been unusual, an investigation will have to be made in the meantime. Sonia had seated herself while the man was talking at first her expression was one of entire amazement and then of growing interest what you tell me hardly seems impossible to me she replied slowly but since you say you have positive evidence it would be ridiculous for me to make an attempt to dispute it but i think i am more puzzled than you can be i think such a small household only my housekeeper an italian woman and her young daughter and signora navia who is the recovering from a wound the other people who have come to my villas have simply been guests who have stayed a short time and gone away also they have been italians to whom the cause of italy is everything certainly it is but natural that you should prefer to suspect me i presume you wish me to go into florence with you i will go with pleasure i assure you that next time it, it to your government i am anxious to this with mystery explained at this Sonia rose from her chair, only to have Carlo get up at the same time. Wait a minute, please, he said with her unexpectedly dignity and forcefulness. Then he turned to the two Italians. I too appreciate that I am equally puzzled by what you have just told us, and as I also have been living here in the Villa Felice at the time when a spy was evidently been among us. You can understand that I want to find out who the individual was, but the thing I am not prepared to agree to is that you prefer to have your first suspicion centre upon Signora Valeski. There is no possible reason for this. It expresses a lack of courtesy to a guest in your country and to one of your own allies. The Signora is a Russian who has been living in the United States for a year or more um, before coming to Italy. She must not be subjected to indignity. I will not permit it, and I am an Italian soldier and have come from the United States to fight for the Italian cause. It is I who will go into the Florence instead of the Signora. When the time comes for the actual trial, I am sure she will be glad then to put herself at your disposal and to give you whatever aid she can. In the meantime, if you will allow me a few moments. Carlo moved toward the door and for an instant Sonia watched him, overwhelmed by surprise. What she had become of his... Uh, 
usual bare boyishness of this lack of self-control. He now spoke like a man and one with authority when he, when a short time before he had become to her with tears in her eyes, asking for her sympathy, because he believed he had the right to a little hope for his own future. And evidently, Carlo was impressed, the two Italian officials as well. The one who understood English answered him with respect. I understand your point of view, Signor, and I am sorry not to be able to agree with it. But we have our orders. The Signora is to come to Florence, and no one else can take her place. I can assure you that she will be treated with entire respect. The whole affair kept as quiet as possible. When the time of actual trial comes, of course it may be difficult to then to keep matters as quiet as would could wish. The man who was involved, to whom valuable information has been given from valuable information, has been given from. More than one source is unfortunately married to a prominent Italian woman and has used her name as a shelter for a long time. If you will make your preparations, Signora, Sonia moves over towards Carlo. You are very kind, Carlo Mio, she whispered quietly under her breath, speaking to him as a boy again. But please don't make any fuss. I shall probably go to have to stay anywhere more than a few days. And I am anxious to discover what all this means. Take care of things here for me and try to think who can have been the informant as for me. I am perfectly hopeless. I have no faintness idea. Carlo took hold of Signor, sorry, Signora's arm almost roughly. You shall not go. I will not permit it. After all you have done for me, he choked boyishly, but Sonia noticed, even at this trying moment, that he spoke without any of his usual hesitation. Don't be absurd, Carlo. You know I hate scenes, and one faces the inevitable. Then, without waiting for further argument, Sonia disappeared to her own apartment. Five minutes later, she came back, ready to go into Florence. But this time, Bianca was with her, clinging to her shirts and looking over distressed than anyone had ever seen Bianca, except at this time of death of her great friend, the donor Elisabetta, that afternoon when Nona appeared at the Villa Felice, feeling annoyed with Sonia over the whole ridiculously unnecessary situation. She, of course, found Sonia gone, but Carlo did his best to explain the situation. However, he looked so white and ill again that Nona was almost as much concerned for him as she was for Sonia. All his old difficulty in speaking appeared to have returned. But you must not worry, so Carlo. Nona argued, using his first name as she had not done before, except for speaking for of him to Sonia. You see, it is pretty annoying and horrid for Sonia, of course, but the whole thing is sure well to be explained. In a few days, and Sonia will take it sensibly, afterwards people will be extremely apologetic to her. Of course it is disguising that any of us here 
at the enchanting villa should have to be mixed up with the spying and decency. Uh, it seemed perfectly incredible to me, but one appeared unable to escape treachery. Carlo shook his head mournfully. Why would they not suspect me? I could for the time have pretended to be a traitor, but now if I could only find some clue, I should not be in such despair. Oh, cheer up, Carlo, Nona replied almost indignantly. Don't be so disappointed. Let us talk over the whole situation. Tell me if you have thought or noticed anything suspicious or peculiar about anyone here in the villa at the time. When I may have been away between us, we ought to be able to make some worthwhile discovery or at least get hold of some slightly information. The world nowadays is filled with just such experiences. End of chapter number 16 of The Red Cross Girls of the Italian Army by Margaret Vanderkook.